Good evening, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Endless Sales Podcast. Uh, got, I don't know if this episode is going to last too long. I don't think there's too much to talk about, really. <laughs> some run-of-the-mill victory at the weekend and some Spanish mob coming uh, to Parkhead. But I'm delighted to be joined by Francis and Anthony. Boys, how are you doing? I've had, I've had worse weekends, John. I've had worse weekends. I can imagine, I. Uh, I'm very well, mate. I'm still coming down off the high of Saturday, and on the other half of me's preparing for a special night tomorrow. Can't, can't take much more of this, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, outstanding. Uh, no, yeah, so it's going to be a lot to talk about. I'm pretty sure it's going to be an episode of positivity this evening. Uh, Donnie mentioned here as well, uh, Johnny Thompson, I think it was the anniversary. Uh, mm. his, is it his birthday? Thanks of goalkeepers. I think yeah. it's his passing, mate. He's passing, I so uh, God bless. Um, but welcome in, everybody Craig, Donnie, Kenny, uh, Egyptian, Brian, Pizzi. How you all doing? Hail, hail, everybody. I tip Monte. wonder if Pizzi's body steak bakes have killed dead man. Right, we got a story to tell about. I was Ross and Tam. Me, Ross and Tam went to Pizzi's back to watch the football and it. Put me pies and steak bakes on, and oh my god, so they burnt the throat off you, man. They burnt the throat <laughs> off you. <laughs> Turns out Pizzi's got a volcano for an oven. So, what's that? Steak, volcano, steak bakes, and what was it? The pies and sausage rolls. Oh, what was it? You oh. had it was the halloumi. Oh, I had pizzas and that, and halloumi fries and chicken. Somebody thought it was raw chicken. <laughs> Aye, somebody thought it was raw chicken. Outstanding. Aye, but guys, let's <laughs> just move on to. <laughs> The subject at hand, uh, obviously Saturday, Cena's come on up against the other team for Glasgow in the derby, um, a game that we pretty much were all pretty much, we were confident going into it, I think off recent form, uh, although it was on a bit of high, we're scoring goals for fun, uh, and I think we'd seen enough of the team so far this season that, that things were clicking and, and any team that come up against us was, was going to get the brunt of it. Uh, a lot of the media would perceive it to be that their sternest test this season was going to be the Rangers, uh, and it turned out that 4 nothing victory and taking your foot off the gas uh, is... What is it Barry Ferguson says? Somebody want to quote me what Barry Ferguson says? Again, I, before Gio's... it said he's got Gio's, Gio's got sussed, and then after sussed. he said, I still believe he's got him sussed or something. There you go. Ross said, then he backed in, doubled in. Moon howling at its finest. Oh, boys. Uh, but I'm uh, sticking by it, but eh? I mean, everybody got to credit him from just sticking to his guns, man. That's egg in your face if you didn't. Eh? It's, ah. He has to do it, but and and equally, he's made himself sound even more stupid. So, I know. <laughs> uh, again, thanks to everybody that's coming in, Alistair. Um, but I right, let's go into this game, Anthony. You were at the game. I'll come to you first. Um, Four nothing. But do, do, we, I mean, I, I know coming into the game, we were confident. Did you see us coming out that the other end of that quite as comfortable as we did? No, I was on on Friday night, uh, John Booth, uh, Stephen, and Ross, and the the three years were trying to kind of kind of keep the enthusiasm curtailed. And but we all were sort of saying that we weren't feeling nervous, and you know that that particularly could. You, you know, we, we didn't want to end up with egg on our faces. But I have to say, even a slight little. Slept like a baby the night before. Woke up, didn't get any nerves beforehand, and I um, think by the time I got into the game, I I couldn't foresee uh, a way in which we weren't leaving uh, with the three points. You can just send you know, people that were there on Saturday will tell you the same. You can sense sometimes when it's just going to be one of the days. Um, I had the same feeling uh, back in February when you know we had a very similar performance against them, and. Even in the pre-match warm-up, you know, looking over at, um, at, at Rangers training up, at, you know, doing their warm-ups and stuff, they just did not look like they were, you know, really in the zone. Whereas Celtic, just even, as I say, even in the build-up, just looked absolutely up for it. Willing to go for the start. And obviously that magnificent uh, Typho display uh, for the North Curve was absolutely incredible. And um, imagination, yeah, just for the, for the moment that the teams came out, I, I, you know, I turned to my dad and said, You know, if we score early here, this could end up really being anything. And then within a couple of minutes, we, you know, we were, we were celebrating the first goal. And there's the, the parallels are quite striking between 
Saturday and the, the game back in February. We just didn't let Rangers into the game at all. We absolutely steamrolled them. Um, it, and you know what you guys are saying about you know, don't back down, double down. Some of the some of the revisionist rhetoric on one level, of the you know the Rangers reaction has been hilarious, and the fact that apparently we hadn't played anyone. This was going to be a big test. Some people are now saying that this result had been coming for weeks. So it's like, well, you know. But at least we can say to Barry Ferguson, at least he's actually sticking by his opinion. Um, mm. It just so happens that his opinion is utter nonsense. But um, no, uh, you, there are some things in life you never tire of doing. And um, Scud and Rangers, in whichever forum they're in, um, be it the original or the bootleg, it's a, a very enjoyable way to spend an afternoon. No, absolutely, mate. And I think that one of the things that makes it even more enjoyable is this is a Rangers side who ultimately... Last season definitely played Angeldon, um, and then got a wee bit of a, a wake up call uh, once we won the League Cup double. But this season it was much more of the same. They, they they'd obviously come off the back of a season where they got to a Europa League final. Uh, they got some big results against the likes of Dortmund and that, and the, 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 they obviously beat PSV to qualify for the Champions League. And there was a lot of hot air being blown by the fans saying that this was going to like. That they're they're going to show us what a real team is and all the rest. That we've been playing nobody up until this point. But Francis, coming to you, uh, I mean, obviously a four-nut result is fantastic. Let's be honest. But were you hoping for more, or did you feel it could have been more? Well, before I kind of go on, I got I, before I came on, I had a wee message for Jed just to remind everybody that he predicted four 0 He's just he did. He's, he's, he's did. heading over in holiday, <laughs> so no actually catch it the right. So he asked me to get a wee. I mean, nod to his prediction. He's predicting two one in the Real Madrid game just before. Did, he, did he put a Did he put a bet on? I've, I've I don't know. Maybe need to message him, John. I never actually. Jade, oh, he's in the I chat. Jed, has he told me he wasn't listening? There he is. Tell me he wasn't listening. Even Jed, Jed, <laughs> uh, you've got a wee shout out there for Francis. Obviously predicting the score. Right? I hope you put a bet on, mate, because I'd imagine that'd be a nice wee return. Uh, yeah. And enjoy your holiday. Um, bye, Franny. Continue. Uh, I, I mean, I was a wee bit. I mean, it's say totally the opposite to Anthony. I was, I think it's fair to say that me and Stephen kind of are a wee bit different for the rest of these in the sense that some of you are a wee bit more pragmatic and stuff like that. And uh, whereas me and Stephen can be a wee bit more, a wee bit more on on instinct and jump to not conclusions, but we kind of we're in the moment a wee bit more. So I was the normal sort of, not as nervous as any other derby, but there was nerves still there. I, I slept fine. Uh, I was sleep. I actually did, did sleep surprisingly really well. I think I was sleeping for eight o'clock, uh, half eight on Friday night, to be honest with you. Got up about six when the wind got up. But uh, so I had, had a good sleep in that, but uh, it was before the game, like Ross and, Ross and that were having a drink and I was struggling until, like I think I had one drink up until the third goal. And then after that, I was I was fine. I would I managed to sort of honestly, it was once a badass goal went the third goal went, and that's when I proper proper relaxed. As good as the performance was, like I think after like you said after the first goal, uh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> I probably will be beating on it. I've not sobered up for the weekend, one. <laughs> but uh, I even after the start we had, and a badass goal like. Obviously, a lot of the time, Cicliese, the first goal is always key in these games. And the way we started, and obviously getting a bad goal, it should have pointed, it should have made me more relaxed, but I wasn't. But uh, as I said, once that third goal went in, that was me, John, I total, total relaxed. And then I was actually talking to my dad earlier, and he was like, oh, I wish we kept them going, I wish we kept them going. And I was like, I mean, I'd put it on the chat uh, about it. A, a bit of my wishes they did go keep going, but I think see see constantly going at a Dundee United or a Ross County. That's in a way that's fine, but I think it's more humiliating to stop against Rangers and say, "Okay, we've got a big game. We've got a big game coming up, and that we've just got yeah. to got to play within ourselves here." And I, th- I kind of believe they did that a wee bit. The football came up. We've got a, we've got a big we've got a big game on Tuesday now. We, this forty five minutes. This game's done now. I mean, let's not do anything silly and that. Let's just play our way through the second half. Then I give them any wee sniff of getting in it. But uh, it was a fantastic, fantastic performance. And then we've all seen the, the obviously the mic'd up session and stuff and see the folk that have actually put that mic'd up session and put 
like that game after that. It just that make up session epitomizes that game. Like the first three goals, Rangers have switched off for the well for the first goal they've switched off for the short corner, then they switch off for the shy. In the space of ten I don't even know if it's ten seconds, but two passes as you play two set pieces in the space of seconds have switched off. The free kick for uh, Jota's goal, they've totally switched off. And then again, Abada's, uh, they've switched off again for a rally to cross it into the back post. Three opportunities where it's where we, where Anne said, if the opposition wants to stop, that's fine. And that's what happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I th- one of the things that you mentioned there, uh, which I was actually going to raise as one of the points, so it's a nice wee segue into it. I'll <laughs> just go straight in. Um, you mentioned, obviously, at, by the end of the first half, I think we'd more or less had that game put to bed. As long as we made sure we done what we needed to do in the second half it was a foregone conclusion but you you mentioned like taking obviously Ange's mic'd up session the whole we never stop rhetoric and this this the, the ethos built around Celtic at the minute with this it's like it's constant you're barraging teams for 90 minutes Um, one of the things that sort of surprised me is it did look like the second half we did kind of take the foot off the gas a wee bit which kind of Disney sort of play to that. We, I mean, we still sort of controlled the game, but it wasn't as relentless as it was in the first half. And I think a lot of us were kind of thinking it could have been more if we'd have sort of maintained that same sort of level. But like you mentioned, you've got a massive, absolutely massive Champions League game coming up uh, against the holders, and you want to make sure guys aren't burnt out for that. So, do you think Ange, Anthony, just coming to you first, do you think Ange maybe says mm-hmm. to them at half time because we already had a three goal lead? Like st- keep doing what you're doing, but like maybe just drop a couple of gears. Yeah, that, that, that seemed to be, you know, they, they, they were shooting down the the way that me and my dad sit in the second half, and yeah, I, I think it was just very much a case of like nothing daft. See the game out. You seen about the, the substitutions that came on as well. You know, we're bringing Moy Turnbull on. You know, we made a, a raft of substitutions all at the same time, and Moy does what Moy. Does he recycles the ball? He keeps things tidy. There's nothing. There's no panic. Um, any t- the odd time Rangers did sort of break forward. Um, you know you had the likes of CCV at the back. Greg Taylor, who I thought had another absolutely magnificent game, and uh, Juranovic who just didn't let up all afternoon as well, both with his feet and with his mouth. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. Um, he just wound up uh, all his um, all his opponents absolutely brilliantly. It was a brilliant bit near the end. When um, Tavernier and Goldson were trying to, you know, they were they were really trying to sort of goad the referee into something, and Juranovic was actually laughing at them, and uh, and then he made the gesture with his four fingers, you know, just to remind them what the score was, because you know, you know, counting the numbers has never been uh, Rangers' strong point, but um, you know, it's just um, we absolutely tore them apart the first half. As I said, the the parallels were very much there with the match in February, John, and um, there is. There are times when I, I, I totally get what Franco's saying. Um, you, you can go, you know, a, a, a bit of a silly analogy, but it's just in terms of, you know, try to give a, a comparison. Back in 67, when Scotland played England down at Wembley, uh, when we were, I think at the time it was 3-1 at the time, um, Jim Baxter um, kept the ball up three or four times, a, a bit like what Rich Arlison did for Tottenham a couple of weeks ago. And um, in, in years to come, he's always criticised for it. And he says, you know, he went, what, what did I do wrong sort of thing? And it's the, the whole thing of England were there for the taking. You could have won by four or five. And Baxter's response to that was, trust me, son, it's always better to take the piss. And I think that's what we did second half. It was just, we, if, if we need to go for a fifth or a sixth, we will do it. But um, yeah, keep my energy for the big game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly looked that way, and like you said, Francis, it, it, it definitely seemed that we did sort of drop a gear. But I want to just touch on first of all, just before we get into the goals. Obviously, thankfully, it's been confirmed today that he was in training and everything's fine. But Kyogo's injury, uh, he, he collided with Lundstrom. I don't think there was any intent, in it, obviously. Uh, but Lundstrom, as we know, is a bit of, he's an animal. He's a dirty player, and everything he seems to touch either comes out bleeding, injured, and <laughs> he, he seems to get away with quite a lot. Um, but Kyogo obviously went off within the first three, four minutes, it was. Well, the challenge itself was in the first minute. The first minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. he, he, he thought he could play on, uh, yeah, and he obviously it was, was giving him a bit of jip. For the fourth minute before I, it was a true, yeah. Yeah. My initial concern was, if you remember Taylor last year, 
was out for quite a while. Like I don't know what he exactly done to his shoulder, but I was no. thinking to myself, maybe the, maybe Cool goes done the same, and he's got, he's got after an absolute flyer this year. Uh, so there's a bit of worry, but when you look at it, and it's like all we've got then is really Jago Marcus. Like if Kyogo, thankfully he's fine and he's in training and he looks like he's going to be available for for the Madrid game. But was there some concern that maybe we didn't have another option at striker? Uh, I know we've got all the faith in the world in Jago Marcus doing the job, and we, like we know he can score goals, so that's not a problem. But it's it's is it it's, it seems to be the one position for me where we don't have the same level of depth as other areas of the park. Were you like, like I said, were you concerned at all? Is that, that fun? I've totally missed you saying my name then, John. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was just... I mean, watching the game, my first instinct was, oh, no. But more, more so, obviously, when you see him holding his shoulder, try to come back on. I mean, when you see any player going off injured, then try to come back on and going off within minutes, it's never a... It's never great. It doesn't look great. So I was a wee bit worried then. And then also, as much as, like you say, John, we can trust Jack and Marcus, we, and especially in this fixture, we've seen what he done in February. We know how much a, how much a, an influence he can be in that game. But initially I was like, oh, minute down, game plan. I mean, me sitting one minute saying Postacogo is a great manager, then one player goes off and I'm sitting going, oh, the game plans, that's that. It's a way to way to port really when really maybe was it a blessing in disguise because we know how well Jack and Mask can play in this fixture it's 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 a hard argument to advance when, we, when Kyle only played a minute in the game and I'm actually surprised at you John when you said it was a collision if you've obviously noticed, you've obviously only seen the game once because there's no way that was a collision that's I mean as Ross said after the challenge went in not just Rangers have been told first challenge first challenge you get through them Get the foot in. I mean, it's it's a booking all day long. That no, I mean, I don't. Do you think? And so? you, you, I mean, I, 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 there was definitely I a collision. To, I have no debate I think, that, but I don't I think, think there was any pain. I think if you right. watch the challenge, I mean, it wouldn't back, surprise John. me because Lundstrom. I think they're actually portraying him to be this false hard man. I can never remember him being a hard man down England, but it's. It, I think he had five or six challenges and never gets booked. It's it's horrendous. Uh, the thing is, what's that? What's he saying? It's a question about the VAR coming in and whether or not that why. played a part. Um, that's something I'm actually going to touch on as well. Uh, because uh, there's a lot of greeting about it, but I'll we'll get to that. But I, uh, the Jack and Marcus one, it's I, I don't, I'm not too worried about our options because obviously, I mean, maybe the quality after Jack and Marcus, say Kyle was obviously out through it, the quality after Jack and Marcus maybe isn't. There in a sense, but Maeda can fill in there. We know do a decent enough job. Abada, if needed, can come in there. We're led to believe Haksabanovic can maybe fill in there. But I appreciate, obviously, after Kyle and Jackamakis, the standard maybe does drop a wee bit. But you could say that for any position in any team. When you start going to like the third choice player in that position, standard doesn't got to be as good as the first two. But I think credit you've got to credit the team, credit the fans as well at the game. Because you've seen, it's, they could have maybe been on edge and a wee bit nervous after uh, Kyogo going off, but you've just seen Jack and Marcus there shrugged the shoulders, they knew what was coming on. They knew this guy's no got to get bullied. He'll, he'll show them, he'll show them what's, what it's about. And that, I don't know if you can remember the one against Sands. It absolutely chucks him in. It. Like, it was a shoulder challenge, but it was just first chance you, you get Jack and Marcus. He, he just chucked him into next week. Absolutely, just <laughs> battered them off the park, but and then it's just it's a bit of a bastard, Jack and Marcus, and he's a bit like Juranovic, always in the FC here, and I love it for it because I think under Gerard we were starting to maybe get bullied in games, and even McGregor now, and you've got Jack and Marcus and Juranovic, so they're no there to be bullied. I think yep. we actually were we bully them a wee bit now. No, I, I fully agree with that, and, and I think like you say, uh, Kyogo almost becomes a target because he is a much smaller guy. Uh, and like we've seen him since he's, since he came to Celtic, he, he, he has been a target. He's been kicked up and down the place. Um, and we've seen it quite a lot of times. So uh, Anthony, is Kyogo or 
like I said, he, he's not injured. Everything seems to be okay. But was there a concern for you, or do you think it might be a concern for Kyogo going forward? No, I think the biggest testament you can give Ange is, and that that's just shows you how far we've come in such a short space of time. You know, around Christmas time last year, we were so short in numbers. You know, in the likes of Kyogo being out for any sort of prolonged period of time, you know, gave you the heebie-jeebies. But we've got such a depth in squad now, and we've seen Yakimakis from the start of the season, every time, he scored every game he's came on, I might be right with that, or he's certainly at least played very well when he's came on. Mm -hmm. Um, So you obviously had the, you were worried in terms of Kyogo just for, you know, how long could he be out for, etc. But on, on the actual day itself, I mean, I'll be honest, on, on the way through, although I picked Kyogo on my Friday night, um, my Friday night team, I did sort of think that, um, you know, when you've seen the, 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 the partnership up at the back for Rangers, that basically Yakimakis, the game was tailor-made for him and, you know, he can go and put himself about in ways that, that Kyogo can't. And, um, Listen, the big man, he didn't go on the score sheet, but he absolutely delivered on Saturday. He was absolutely f- superb for the minute he came on. Um, it's looking, it's good news, it, it, it appears to be. I don't know if Kyogo's going to be fit for tomorrow, but regardless, it doesn't look like it's as bad as what it potentially could have been. Um, so, you know, even if it maybe does miss even a couple of games, you still have Yakimakis in there, obviously, as the first pick. Maida can play in there. Paxovanovic is still to get a you know a proper uh, run in the team. He might just have to play out his normal position for a little while. So yeah, I think we're well covered, and uh, we've certainly got the firepower to um, you know keep this show on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fair points. Uh, so f- let's move on to the goals. This is the, the crux. The conversation is going to be about these goals. Um, Abada. Uh, no, there was a lot said before the game whether or not who, who would be the best option to start. Um, I don't think anybody really said that they would prefer one over the other. Either or was a good choice. Um, but there's been a lot of discussion about whether or no Maida, because it's that first few games of the season, Maida seemed to be the first choice. Um, Abada's had a, a start in the last couple of games. Do you think he's sort of, he, he done enough with the two goals he scored, first of all, to sort of cement himself as the first name on the team sheet in that position? Anthony? Um, I don't really think it. Perhaps out with Callum McGregor, maybe CCV, possibly Kyogo. I, I don't actually really think there's a guaranteed first starter in that. Apart from that, maybe Jota, to, to be fair. But at the moment... So far you've named about seven. <laughs> <laughs> all, all being well. But um, I think the likes of Abada, Maida, Haksabanovic, they're all going to get their more than their, their fair share of opportunities in the team. You know, I think Abad has started the last three um, and Maeda's had to, to, to be content with a place on the bench. But the thing is, and the, all Abada can do when he's um, picked is deliver on the pitch and he's absolutely done that. I mean, Saturday he was absolutely magnificent. I mean, again, going back to Friday night, me, Ross and Stephen all picked Maeda. I thought he would have went with Maeda just purely to nullify the threat of Tavernier on the on the right hand side. Um sort of just for you know he would track back perhaps a little bit more than what Abada would. Um that was our thought behind it. But that's the reason why we're on a podcast and Ange Postacoglu gets to make those kind of decisions because uh, it shows you what we know. But he was absolutely can't fault him. Couldn't fault him against Inverness. Couldn't fault him um not Inverness, Ross County. Um couldn't fault him the week before at Tanadice. And he's kept up that for him with two tremendous goals and a fantastic performance uh, against the bootleg Rangers. So, you know, you can't ask for any more. Whether I, I, I just think the way that the, the the team's set up now, nobody's going to really be given, not guaranteed first starts, but necessarily extended runs in the team. The pressures of going in and competing on three, four fronts means you're going to have to have people constantly fresh. Um all Abada can do is deliver when he's asked to feature, and he's absolutely done that so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. Francis, would you agree with that statement? I think Anthony's kind of bang on the money there. Like, I, I would have probably, say, I, if you asked me in Friday, I would have probably lumped for Maeda as well, simply for the same argument Anthony and that was advancing just to keep having your push back. But equally, 
uh, Abada is, is like we know with not just against Celtic, but Barisic does seem to struggle defending that back post. And Abada has got an absolute great knack of being in at the back post at the right time. Like he's for a 20 year old laddie, he just knows where he, he plays that position like the sort of his right of the front three brilliantly and knows where he needs to be at specific times and like it's just he's clearly just been coached for a, a young level just like a sponge he's just soaked it all in like, but, I mean he's only still only 20 I, well, that's what I was going to say John. He's, he's 20 year old you've got to credit this guy's mental strength to come over to a new country at 19 uh, not really knowing anybody will obviously have a relationship or could form a relationship with, with Beaton we both being Israeli and stuff and that may have helped them settle in a wee bit, but I mean, you just need to look at what he done last season, and it's good to see. Uh, Appreciates a few games in, but it looks like last season has not got to be a one hit wonder for him. It looks like he is a is a proper proper player. And like you say, it's he it has it. He can't do any more to to really ask the question to say look or to say I'm your number one guy out there. I'm I'm the guy that needs to be there, but like Anthony said, and like we'll all say, it's Andrew's about the team. It's about the collective. I don't think out with the guys Anthony's mentioned, like Joe Hart, nobody really get maybe 10, 12, 13 games starting on the bounce. I think it will be maybe half a dozen. You'll get and you'll be back. You'll be back out and you'll be coming on the 60, 70 minute mark and things like that. I just think the way we press and how we press and the energy and how long we need to play for it. I just think. The way sports science is in that as well these days, I, I just don't see guys like a baddie, and, and I bring Yacht into that equation. I think there'll be games where they just miss out for one and two, one or two games, and they'll drop out the bench. But he's certainly when he's when he's been asked to asked the question this this season about his position, because it seemed almost kind of seemed accepted that a badder would be the one that it falls out for my and for me like. Maeda, I think, is an Ange type player in the sense that he's clearly what Ange likes. Just that work rate, closing down, knowing how to close down is great. But then Abada, it just shows you the character of players that Ange has always said he, he likes. The character that nobody takes it off. Abada comes in, scores a hat trick one week, has a decent game against Ross County, and scores two goals on Saturday against your rivals. So I think everybody is. Everybody in the team just treats knows their role within the team. Doesn't take if they're they're in one week but not the next week. There's no huffs. It's they know they know the end goal and they're all in it together. So well, Abada, as I say, Abada can only continue to perform and do what he's doing. Yeah, and it's it's no more they can do. And I think you've just got to credit the guy for that. No, absolutely, and I think it's thoroughly deserved credit as well. And he just seems to be coming on leaps and bounds. And like we mentioned, he's only twenty, and the guy he's ceiling it seems limitless at the minute. He doesn't seem like he's even hit like he's not going to get any better than he is now. There's there's still so much potential in him. Um, I just want to touch on this comment. I've I've left this comment up because Alistair made a point. uh, Obviously, when he scored that goal, uh, and and he got hold of that T-shirt, and he was showing the cameras. This is a sign that a player that's obviously not just... It's easy for footballers to maybe get lost in the sport itself and a lot of them are out of touch with the, the, some of the fans at the club as well. But these guys coming into Celtic seem to be buying into not just Ange and the club, but everything, top to bottom, right throughout the club, including the fans and, and some of the statements that they're making and things like that. Do you think that that is, is down to... Well, I mean, you could say Ange is like kind of crux yet, but what do you think is it about the the Ange and, and the club as a whole, Anthony? Where these guys are, are they like they're, they're paying attention to what the fans are talking about. They're they're aware of, of the, the the goings on around the club and the sort of ethos surrounding the club and everything else. I just think it's a. It just shows you that the players a want to be there, and uh, that they're invested in what goes on. Not just on the pitch, but around the club as well. You see it at full time um, a lot of times recently, you know, when they're, they're celebrating with the fans on the pitch. And it, it's not like they're trying to get off the park as quick as they can. They want to be involved. They want to be part of it. Because, you know, it's a short career, football. And, um, you know, the game is littered with players that 
wanted to get out of Celtic, couldn't get out of Celtic quick enough and very much lived to regret it. And in Ange Postecoglou, managers as well, it has to be said. Um, but I do think that there is a, a cohesion at Celtic at the minute between the, the manager, between the supporters and the players. They all just want to, they're all invested in the club being as successful and as, as big as it, popular, it possibly can be. Yeah. And um, at the at this moment in time, you know, you know things are pretty, you know, rosy in the garden at the moment. So of course, there's always it's always going to, you know, you're going to have that feel good factor regardless. But I I do think, pretty much from when Angie's came in the building, there there did seem to be just a change in the atmosphere. You know, Angie's own story, um, very much mirrors a lot of the the original Celtic supporters, and you know that you know their stories. Um, uh, you know, traveling o- overseas, etc. So there's just it's a, a match made in heaven at the moment, John. And uh, let's just hope it, it continues uh, for as long as it does because uh, a Celtic park or a Celtic support cheering on a successful Celtic team is uh, all, always a joy to behold. No, absolutely. But I, I, I think one of the reasons and why, why I wanted to bring it up specifically is. There's a lot of talk about this Ange team, and, and a lot of people are saying that this is maybe the best team that they've ever, the Celtic team that they've seen in terms of the style of football we're playing. It's as close to what it was when Burns was the manager, um, and then you've got obviously the, the comparisons with Rogers and his invincible season, uh, and then going back to O'Neill's team, um, which all different styles, absolutely. But like, what's the sort of best team you've seen? But what I did notice is, at least for me anyway, it seems that this Celtic side under Ange is the most invested in the club than I've seen prior or, or, or mm. through any other sort of era that I've sort of came up in. And I think that that's testament to, I think Ange, because of his background and everything else like that, is sort of instilling that in him. Make sure that not only are they, are they playing it, because Ange seems to have this sort of philosophy that, Obviously, he understands the size of Celtic and he understands how big the club is and what it means to the fans. And, and I just say that himself about the fans. The fans are, like Jock always says, with football without the fans is nothing. I, I'm just aware of this. And he knows that Celtic is built on that. And I, do you think it's something, Franny, that he is sort of instilling these players to make sure not only you're just coming in to, play, to do a job in terms of playing football, but do you think he's maybe getting the players and sitting them down and saying, look, learn about the club? learn about its history and what it means to these people because it seems to me that that's, that's what's happening because these guys are, have an understanding or a belief that they, they've seen like I said, no other a news team that uh, it wasn't the same Rogers wasn't the same it's, uh, players now just seem to be buying into it and I think it goes it runs deeper than just the style of football uh, it's, uh, it's... It's hard for to really answer that, Joe, because, I mean, it's evident. The evidence is all there to say that it's clear that they do enjoy playing for this club, uh, that they do look like they're invested in it. Like Anthony says, there's, there's never a, never seems to be a rush, regardless of the, the calibre of game. There's never a rush to get off the park. Um, I think, I think Postacoglu, I mean, the players have got to take a lot of credit for it, but I think it got... Personally, I don't know if myself. I'm thinking it maybe comes back to Postecoglou signing the character. Obviously, you've got to be a decent player, but he wants yeah. to sign the right character as well. And I think that has a lot to do with where he knows people will buy into the club. Um, and then obviously, if they're buying into the club, they'll maybe look a wee bit into the history and they'll get involved with the fans. And obviously, to fourth style, it is up there with Tommy Burns' side. I mean. It's probably Tommy Burns is probably the best football inside I've seen for Celtic on in my memory anyway. Martin and Neil's team were just they were just ridiculous, just a winning machine, absolute winning machine, and had players like Larson, Sutton, Hearts and Lambert, things like that had really, really good players. I then of course you've got your invincible team. Is maybe a wee bit of recency buyancy coming recency buyancy coming? Ah, him can talking like Stephen here now, man. Don't even care what I'm trying to say, but uh, I don't know if that's maybe coming into it a wee bit. But definitely, football and wise, they blow uh, Rogers' team out the water. They connect with the fans. Going back to that, it's you could 
like social media wasn't so big back when even even in a Neil's team. So is that maybe played a part with the I wouldn't say there was a disconnect between the fans and stuff when Anil was there. I think he brought brought a connection with the fans, but certainly Ange is is a very intelligent man and he's, he says all the right things. And I I I, I believe everything he says and stuff and he knows the right things to say. And I think the fact that he's not let the, the media get the better of him as well, I think that's helped him. And it's it's smart answers he gives back, but he's no he doesn't say it like a dick in that. He's no you know, he just just bats him away and even we hear it with the players on that now. You hear Jota's interview at the after the game and he was asked off the BBC if they thought that was the season finished. He was like he pretty much laughed at the guy. He was like, Come on now. It's September he's were saying this last year when Rangers beat us and they were ahead of us and that then we overtook them. He says he was like, What's it with games what's it with seasons finished in September here? There's a lot of football to play, so they're all saying the right things and it's I think it's a key component to a successful team is having that connection with the fans and we all say that under the COVID season that there was a massive disconnection there between the fans and the club and maybe Ange looked at that and was like, well, this is a, a way to get me back on side or give me time because there was a massive job to do. So if he can get that connection with the fans, it maybe bides him a wee bit time when obviously the start of the last season didn't go great for him. But it obviously gives you that credit in the bank because the fans are on your side. The fans can see what you're trying to do. They see you're making a connection with them and investing yourself in the club. So it's, I, I honestly didn't know, John. I'm just, it's, there is a clear, there is a clear connection there with the, with everybody now. And like Anthony, like everybody, I just, you just want the guy to be there for as long as, long as he can. I've, I've never, it's a weird thing to say, but I've never wanted us to win for a manager so much in my life. Yeah. No, absolutely. And this is, again, this is why, why I wanted to raise that sort of point because there's been a couple of guys saying that I'm in this one as well. It, it, it does, it brings that sort of feeling back to Celtic and the players, every single one of them, it doesn't matter who they are or where they come from, they, they seem to get invested and they're, they're actually, they, they seem to be playing for the shirt and they know what it means. And I think that that's... I mean, Jota's even researching the IRA in some sites, if you believe some things you read on Twitter. Aye. <laughs> but let's go into that celebration. Not only his celebration, but his goal, right? O'Reilly's pass, first and foremost, let's just not, let's not forget this pass. O'Reilly's pass to find Jota was absolutely phenomenal. That was top draw. Like, the, there's, that's a kind of pass like a Zabi or any Esther would be proud of. Mm-hmm. And then Jota... I, I, William said in the group chat it was phenomenal, made me laugh. But his first touch seemed a bit heavy, and you're like, "Oh no!" But the the way he took it, and then the finish itself. There's a lot of comparisons being made to. Obviously, I think for a lot of Celtic fans, that Larson goal, uh, the chip over Kloss was is the, the the be all and end all for Celtic fans in terms of goals against them. Um, but that one is. In contention now for me, and it's it, it, everything for uh, the pass, the build up, the pass, and then the finish itself. Uh, Anthony, just coming to you first, what did you make of the finish? And do you think that Jota is, as everybody's saying, maybe too good for the SPFL? Um, I, I'll, I'll be in terms of the goal itself, I don't even the stadium didn't even really go. You know, when you think when you go 2 0 up against Rangers and it's normal, it's utter bedlam, and it, it was obviously. But it wasn't quite as chaotic for the second goal as what it normally would be because I think so many people were just in utter disbelief of what they'd just witnessed. I certainly was anyway. It, it took a, a sort of extra second or two to properly kind of register what you'd just seen the guy do. It was absolutely, it, like you say, John, I mean, everyone will always probably say, you know, Henrik's chip for, for our generation of fans. But, yep, yeah, that, that one is right up there uh, for me, just the, the technique, the awareness, the pass. Like you say, from from O'Reilly's self, just totally takes the Rangers' defence unaware, and it's just an outrageous bit of skill uh, for Jota to score. Um, yeah, I, some of the some of the weeping and gnashing of teeth uh, for some of their forums afterwards has been uh, utterly hilarious to watch. If you think um, Jota's studying paramilitary, you know, studio kind of setups to celebrate a goal, then uh, you know, you believe that, you believe anything, but. Um, no, it was, a, it was a great goal. It was an iconic celebration. 
and uh, it was just part of a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the, like you said, the, the, I think that celebration in itself is going to be that image. Eh, um, eh, just the way the, 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 there's one specific image of him that's just sort of side on, just at his back, mm -hmm. uh, for his left side. Um, I think the one that's I think your profile picture on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I did make it my profile picture on Facebook. Jeez, oh, John's looking all right these days. <laughs> <laughs> I grew my hair back. That's what it was. Mm -hmm. um, the no, but listen, it, he's he's very very quickly uh, endeared himself to. I'm sorry about this. Camera's gone, man. Mm -hmm. uh, endeared himself mm -hmm. to the Stephen Gialini's laptop, eh? Uh, actually, I borrowed your phone. <laughs> no, listen. Uh, Jota has endeared himself to the support. Um, we and we spoke on it when we signed him. Benfica letting them go for the price they did was an absolute steal for us. I, they don't know what Benfica were thinking. I've got friends from Portugal who are Benfica fans that were absolutely. They were screaming. They were, they were shouting at me like it was my fault as well when I was asking about them. I was like. When we first signed Jota, I was like, "What can you tell me about him?" They were like, oh, "He's he's he's a young guy. He's great. He's got a good future. He's like he's going to be one of Benfica's greats." And then obviously he's turned out. He, he signed for us permanently. They weren't happy about it. Um, but he's endeared himself to the Celtic support, Francis, and he's he's sort of already gaining this sort of iconic this icon status at the club, and he he could very well. It's it's sad to sort of say, but we we know the kind of the environment that we're sort of in in terms of money. That if a club comes in, they're going to need to offer us some absolutely phenomenal in order to pry him away from us. But the just going that aside, you can touch on that at the end of what I'm mm -hmm. asking. But the the goal itself and the celebration, do you think that that goal was up there with relationship and what what's your what, what is this sort of opinion on Jota as, as a whole and and what he's sort of becoming at Celtic at the minute? I think it's will it become as iconic as Larson's? It's hard. It's we're talking about Larson here. It's it's the king man. That's the king. You're trying to compare me, but it certainly was a magnificent goal, John. Really, really good goal. Like the pass for Riley. And perfect that like shot has not had to break stride. One touch, and then it's just as Ross said, nonchalant, just chips it over. And <laughs> uh I is actually the ball was no went in and Jot is away celebrating. He's that he knows it's he knows just what he's done. And like you say, the, the celebration we had that moment last season after the Dundee United game, well during when Abada scored and done the Dundee United game where we seen he obviously Jota ran out in the fans and he was like, that's where we had that iconic picture but that one, that celebration that's just going to blow it blow it out of the water, it was, it was such an iconic moment but what I liked about it as well, obviously when the rest of the team come over to celebrate with him, you actually see him kind of look up and he's obviously looking towards the Rangers fans and he's just got a nice wee grin in his face, it was, that was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant Just I actually just liked the way he just sat there like just stood there and, and grinned at them but I jotted this season. I think, I think the fact that he's here permanently, um, not that he didn't perform last season, but I think now that he knows where his future lies for however long he wants it to be at Celtic, hopefully it's a wee while. But he knows, he knows where his future is. So I think that's gave him confidence to to take his game on a wee bit, take the risks. What Anz likes his players to do is is take risks, and I certainly turn his game to a different level. And, the big test will obviously be for Europe, but I think he's I think he's made for it. I absolutely think he'll he'll love playing in Europe for us. I know obviously done it last season, but I think the Champions League I think he's really got a it's his level and I don't know what to be one of these folk like the the other half of Glasgow that it seemed to rejoice in transfer fees and I've got this big thing about how much they get for players and like to celebrate it, but I believe He's got the potential. Or, or, or to be, how much they think they're going to get uh, for players. I, I think I think he'll be more than more than keen. If if he performs the way he has been in the Champions League, I think I think he'll go for more than the team the money. As much no, as I didn't want it to go, I think I think we're talking that kind of money. We're talking easily, silly. I think easily. we're talking silly money for him. I mean, if he, if he if he's playing in England or he's playing in Spain or he's playing hmm. in Italy, well, he's the best yacht in Germany. Britain, isn't he? Listen, current current form, absolutely is. 
and, and, and like I said, if, if if he's playing anywhere other than Scotland, you're talking astronomical money. figures. Silly, silly money. Silly money. You wouldn't be. You, I mean, you you if if, if somebody says to him, or he was let's just say he was playing for a Manchester United, right? And then he was getting signed off another team. You're talking. Mm-hmm. If somebody says, "Oh, he was gone for about seventy million," you wouldn't bat an eyelid. You'd be like that. Try to remember that player Wally mentioned. That I think he went transfer deadline day. Hardly kicked up off for a team, and he's went for forty million or something. And oh, Wolves bought some, did Wolves buy somebody for forty million or they sell somebody for forty million or something? They, they, nah, it's hardly kicked a bond. You're like absolute nonsense. And I think that because mm. he is with us permanently, it's something we should obviously keep in mind. Don't mm. let clubs take us for mugs. I don't think we're in a position at the minute where we need to finance wise. We're in a, we're in a healthy position, um, and we're no. We don't need to sell, and this is the thing. Mm. So it's like if they don't want to be here and they definitely want to go, then fine, fair enough. Aye, that's um, I think that's when we'll get rid of boys. Aye, but as it stands at the minute, with the, the cohesion we've got through the team, the way we're playing, the fact that the, the these guys are buying into the club, that they're, they're becoming fans themselves, they they're endearing themselves to to the fans and the club as a whole. And everything just comes full circle. It's like why would you want to leave? And we've seen it previously with other guys. It's like we're it's like they've done absolutely fantastic things for this club and then they've moved on and it's not been quite so... The grass isn't always greener on the other side is a term that people like to say. Uh, we saw it with the likes, say, um, Gary Hooper and um, other guys. I mean, we, we could sit here and probably brainstorm and come out with a number of names that have left us and then have kind of fallen off a bit. They've no, they've no meaning. And, but I think also we need to be realistic and gone are the days where players like Bruni and we, we might see it with Calmac, but like Larson and all that's time for seven, eight years or whatever the case is because of the way the market is at the minute. But if you can hold on to him, like he says, for four or five years, then you're absolutely going to demand an astronomical fee for him. Uh, let's just talk about the fourth goal, right? This is some, like, I want to see the goal again, but or the Benny Hill theme. McLaughlin's pass to Turnbull, by the way, was absolutely phenomenal. I don't know what was going through his head. It was another one of the what's the goal of day in Tom uh, moments. Anthony, um, could you believe that they were so that they turned off that much and they were so switched off? Do you think it was a nerves thing? Uh, were they just no paying attention? Had they just given up, uh, or was it a case of like they, they, or is it just a case? These guys really aren't as good as they think they are. I think it was just one of, you know, one of those things. It, it, it happens. Do you know what I mean? It happens to every goalkeeper. Um, John McLaughlin didn't have as bad a game as what is getting made out um, a lot in the press. Um, he got a lot of stick for the first goal as well. But I actually think when you see the power that a bad gets on it, I get that he'll be disappointed as a keeper for not getting it, but. Um, he actually did make a couple of decent saves um, in the second in the second half, especially. Um, but you know, he didn't have any chances with goals two and three. But four, it's just one of those. It was a in his eyes, he said a bad day at the office, and uh, yep, he's just totally, totally not put enough on it uh, to get to the, the the Rangers player that he was trying to get it to. And you just can't do that around the likes of David Turnbull because he, he'll pounce and he'll punish you. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, the icing on the cake uh, on what was a great day. Absolutely, um, Franny. What did you make it? What What was your thoughts when you seen it? Ah, uh, it was just just like Anthony said that it's it happens. Age one, it was one of the ones, and I think again credit has to go to Celtic the way way we press. It was obviously let them have the couple of passes uh, at the back between I think it was him and Golds, and then it was. He just sees, like, obviously, Tumble and Jackamacus shuffling up into their positions they need to be in before they, they're going to have a, like, properly, properly shut it down. And I think it's Davis that has asked for it, and the pass is never on. It's You've, you've got to kind of fire it and or try and chip it over Tumble, but the pass is never on. It's, like I say, it's just, it was one of the moments, an absolute brain freeze for the keeper. Couldn't have laid it on any area of plate for for Tumble because like as I say the pass wasn't even played with any pace or something Tumble could have probably had it first time if he really wanted to but had that had the freedom of Parkhead to, to just take the touch and, and score and I, I'm glad we did get a goal in the second half because it stopped Rangers winning the we drew the second half trophy Aye <laughs> 
Listen, I, I don't know what actually, and I think Sky made an absolute ass of it, but they showed the stats at the end of the game, and it, it was showing like Rangers had more possession, more shots on goal. I was like, Sky need to get their fucking shit sorted out. I, I, I believe they might have. I can understand the argument for more possession. I can, because mm, I think they sent Tata that they had a lot of possession, but it was, it's where they had possession. They had it. But what, what did find four. funny? Uh, aye. But what I did find funny, and that this is hilarious, Kyogo was on the park less than three minutes, as we know, got a match <laughs> 25 by Sky. Um, the entire Rangers team bar Kolak, who got a five, was three or four. So. I mean that just shows you the sort of level, well, like the levels, of the, the sort of performances and the players. When the guy who was on the park for three minutes, less than three minutes, and went after an injury, got a higher match rating than the entire Rangers team. Um, so I did listen. The hurt and the moon howling after them since that victory has been absolutely astronomical. We've seen videos of Rangers shirts being set on fire or attempting to be set on fire. Oh, surrender, isn't it? Uh, we've heard radio call-ins and other various things uh, about Geo needing to go or, or they didn't turn up. Every excuse under the sun to try and make them feel better. Well, if my work claims Rangers are, Geo's a European manager now and no league manager. <laughs> I actually think Van Bronckhorst, like when I hear him talking, I kind of annoyingly like him. I annoyingly like him when he talks. It talks a lot of sense, but see when the boy from a classic guy. Day, when the boy said best friends with the king. Me. I know, I know, no, I know. But it's one of the ones, Anthony. It's like when they come manager the Rangers, not you're, you're meant to know no, like them. True. You're meant to know like them, but I, he's dishonest enough at the end of the day. Yeah, yep. So it leaves us five points clear. Uh, we've just hit September. <laughs> It's a, it's a fantastic position to be in. Uh, I said it earlier on in the season as well. It's like, I'd, it wouldn't surprise me if we go this season unbeaten. I think, as it stands at the minute, and just 38 unbeaten, uh, which is a full SPFL season. Uh, essentially, he, since he, since the... Who was the last loss against? Was it Hearts? Livingston. Hey, Livingston. Um, so since that game, it, he's went a full season unbeaten, right? Um, and it, it, it shows absolutely no sign of letting up. Um, but the next big test is tomorrow night, where we welcome the current Champions League holders, the Galacticos are Real Madrid to Celtic Park for the first time since the 80s. Anthony, I'll come to you first. You, you've managed to get hold of tickets, I believe. I have. And you will be attending this game, much to most people's sorry, hurt or whatever, <laughs> jealousy. Uh, are you looking forward to it, mate? What, what, just give your thoughts on the game itself. First of all, the occasion. Uh, Celtic Park again, under the lights, Champions League nights, opening the, the account against the current champions, Real Madrid. Just do your thing, mate. <laughs> uh, John, there's no other term to describe it other than box office. It's everything we wanted in the draw. You know, we did the, the, the live watch along a couple of weeks ago when the draw was made uh, and I jumped on just as I got in for work but I was watching all you guys right for the start that was the draw that we wanted um, I wanted Real Madrid um, and then preferably yeah, anything else would have been a bonus but thankfully we've managed to get what two but ties that I think are potentially uh, on paper at least very winnable so it's going to be an absolutely fantastic group to, to be involved in the Champions League, of course, is where we believe that we belong. Um, there is no other experience in football for me other than Celtic Park on a Champions League night. Much has been made the last few months of uh, the atmosphere across the road at small time compared to what you're about to see tomorrow night. It's going to be the first Champions League night under the disco lights. And what an occasion for it to be. Like you say, the reigning holders, the 14-time winners... You know, they've won it twice as much as the team that have won it se the, the second most amount of times in AC Milan. In terms of football and aristocracy, they are the top dogs. They are the kings. It's like the Undertaker at WrestleMania, John. It's not just he's, uh, it's not just his playground. This is their playground. This is where they, this is where they shine. And uh, I would be lying if I say that um, I'm not a teensy bit nervous about what potentially could happen. But what I do hope, and I'm, I'm not saying this in a criticism of the way against Barcelona, because we all remember it. it was one of the 
one of the greatest nights in our history when we beat Barcelona that night at Celtic Park. But the way it was, you know, we won it with 11% possession and I think we'd, we were up the park three times and scored twice. But, and maybe that is all we could do against that Barcelona team. You know, they, they just, um, they absolutely took the ball off you, the full, kept the ball off you full time, passed it about. They played fantasy football for real. You know, I, I appreciate we can't be gung-ho tomorrow night, but I'm hopeful that we'll have more of an opportunity on the ball where we can play the way that Ange likes to play. I don't see any benefit to us trying to shut up shop and hope for the best. And I don't think yeah. it's in Angie's DNA mm-hmm. uh, anyway. You know, it reminds you a bit of cool runnings. You know, when the when the Jamaicans play their own uh, game, they beat the they beat the record. When they try and copy the Swiss, you know, the whole thing falls apart. So I think tomorrow night, you know, <laughs> I would, that's the last thing I ever thought I would hear tonight. <laughs> just, you know, just, just trying to think of <laughs> in, in terms of playing to your own strengths. You know, we don't know any other way except taking the ball and taking the fight to them. We might end up with a bloody nose on the on the back it, but I'd rather we won or lost or draw or on on our um, on our terms. Um but you know all you can say to the everyone that's going, I mean I, I can't wait, it's going to be my wee boy's first um, time in the Champions League uh, as well. Um, my mate's away on his holidays. Uh, so I've managed to acquire an, another ticket. So it'll be the three generations tomorrow night, me, my dad and my wee boy. So can't wait, yeah, but it's going to be one for the ages. As I say, they, they don't come around very often. The Kings of Europe, it's uh, 1980 was the last time they came to Celtic Park. be nice if we had a similar scoreline to that night. Everyone, <laughs> you know, a certain generation will remember it as the Johnny Doyle game. Um, but yeah, I can't wait, John. It's going to be it's going to be everything that we want it to be and more, I think. And as uh, our greatest ever captain says, there's a fairy tale element to Celtic and every so often, it raises its wee head now and again, and I've got everything crossed. But hopefully, you just never know; it might come round again. Yeah. Here's hoping. Absolutely, mate. I'm welling up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. I think that, that we could all agree that we're all absolutely buzzing uh, for it. But I mean, just moving on. I mean, I'm obviously way of time. Um, what What would you? Who? If you're If you're Ange, you're in this dressing room. You're about to step out onto the field against uh, Real Madrid. Who, what names are you putting on the team sheet? But um, God, I think you the, the back four. I think would be. I think we'll probably pick it. So he might go with Jens, just with being a bit more of a. You know, he's well, a bit more. Culture, it's been confirmed. Been... I think Starfelt is definitely out. He he's got a knee injury, so he's right. He's well, there, there you go. I think the back four picks itself. Then I think um, Gregory's in great form. Juranovic is, you know, our kind of first choice right back. And the other two sort of pick themselves. Then obviously McGregor will start. Uh, you know, I, I, after all the what I was saying about um, Abada on Friday night about you know you might need Maida for the press and whatnot. I'm. I'm kind of loath to to drop him, but at the same point, I think you do, you might need Maeda tomorrow night for that extra work rate as well. But then again, you maybe don't have that potency up front. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I, I think it might be the same team from Saturday. Um, obviously, with, with Jens in for Starfelt and Yakimakis for Kyogo because um, just the, you know as a, as a precaution. Um, but whatever team he goes with. You know, they know they're going into the lines then. They're, they're going up against the absolute top dogs. But don't be fearful. Embrace it. Go make, you know, go make your own history. Um, this is going to be a night that will live with them long after their careers uh, finish. You know, the, the, even the some of the players now that are just coming into retirement still talk about, you know, the Barcelona night being the greatest night of their career. Just hopeful that this generation can have something like that tomorrow night. And um, I can absolutely assure you, everyone in the stands is going to be doing everything they can to help them. Absolutely. And Francis, what about yourself? What, what, just tell me, what's your thoughts on the the game itself? How are you feeling about it? And what what would your lineup be? I'm buzzing for the game. Just well, buzzing. We're back in the Champions League, back at back at the top table and stuff. So and. Whoop. There's no other way to start it, I suppose. They've not been in it for a few years. You may as well just go against the 
the the Champions League team, the team that just know this competition better than anybody and just seem to seem to just love this competition. And then like Anthony said, under the lights at Parkhead, it'll be a great occasion. I just hope it doesn't turn into a touristy atmosphere. Like I, I just want it just want it to be hostile. I think it's going to be like a proper, proper atmosphere and I mean I'm it could it could be in it and it, we could get a famous night. We could we could get what you maybe expect and get gubbed off Real Madrid, which at the end of the day, they'll date to they'll date to a few teams. They'll, Listen, they've done it to far them. better teams. Exactly. So it's it's one of them and like, there's no I, shame. No, no, as no, no, as, no totally as long totally. Exactly. I don't like I, I don't believe we will go and try and just think hanging like I'm not one to Slate Neil Lennon against Barcelona because I think tactically it was a masterclass for Lennon. He, he, he defended the width for the 18-yard box and said to Barcelona, cross it in and try and beat us that way. And then he, you're, asked, you're getting a wee bit of luck because you need to try and play for set pieces and the counter-attack and things like that. I don't believe Ange's will do that. He's, he's kind of alluded to that in his interview. He said, what's the point of me doing that? What, what's the point of changing the way I play? I'm as well as having a go and getting beat than sitting back and getting beat. At least if you've, you've had a go, you can go, well, we try to do it. Like I say, as long as we don't, I don't believe he'll do a Brendan Rodgers and try and go toe-for-toe with a Barcelona and PSG and get absolutely annihilated. But it's Ange's, the beauty of Ange now, he's got us thinking we can beat Real Madrid, but equally probably get beat at Almondville off Levitz. It's a weird, a weird situation with, with Ange now. Well, I say with Ange, nobody can beat us now, but just, so we the way you seem to be as a Celtic fan, it's how you can beat. You think you've got to beat Real Madrid, but you'd probably worry me if you were playing Livingston tomorrow at the, at the Tony Macaroni. So <laughs> I, I think, I mean, I've, I'm maybe not as confident as a lot of folk, John, so I'm hoping the whole I've actually put 2-1 to Real Madrid in my, my Super 6, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping I get no points in that game. Because then that's obviously been a good night, but uh, it's I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to it, John. But I'm a wee bit I'm not as confident as a lot is in the group chat, and so I'm hoping I'm hoping hoping I'm wrong, hoping I'm wrong. But I think team wise, the back the back four obviously like Anthony it, it picks itself, especially with with Starfield being injured. If it's obviously got to be against, it comes in there. Um, the midfield three again. I, I think he's got to stick with what played on Saturday with Callum McGregor, Hattati and uh, O'Reilly. Maybe, maybe Moy might come in back. I honestly can't see it. I think he's got to keep that midfield free. Um, I'm, I don't know if it's been controversial, but I'm going to put Maeda in instead of Abada. I think he's just got to be... He's, as much as I think Ange doesn't worry about other teams, Real Madrid's a wee bit of a different animal. I think he's got right. to try, play my that he maybe for more for his defensive work and I think Jack and Marcus will start and purely Jack and Marcus I'm putting down is I'm just not too too sure if Kyle's going to be hundred percent fit for it. So I think I think the front like the midfield three will be the same as Saturday and the front three I'm having Maeda, Jack and Marcus and Yota. But right. if if a badder starts, I mean I'm not going to say he shouldn't be starting at the end of the days. Fucking got five goals in his last three games, man. So, <laughs> no, this is, and again, this is about the, the point I was making mm. earlier. About it's about healthy it. debate, John. It's healthy yeah, debate. And when 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 a player's on form and he's scoring goals like that, you're kind of you're in two minds. Dare drop him, dare no. But I understand what you mean about Maida. I think we said that the European game certainly plays more at your strengths. Teams are mm-hmm. going to be much more open. We, we we won't be playing as high, which gives them more kind of room to run by players, and and maybe we can see. Uh, his pace getting utilised mm-hmm. to the best of his ability and, and sort of using his his ability to chase the ball and press defend for the front and things like that kind of work in their favour um, but listen guys I don't want to leave it too much uh, I understand there's another podcast on at this time <laughs> uh, Boise uh, is starting Boise so well the boys will just be getting mm-hmm. underway tonight yep <laughs> Well, it's about ten past. These intro finishes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, listen, it'll be absolutely fantastic chat. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is. If we get a result against Madrid tomorrow night, we'll maybe try and we we'll maybe try and jump on for a wee quick reaction or something. 
because we'll all be absolutely flying if anybody's available. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I listen. One last thing as well: the Super Six thing is uh, mentioned. There's midweek games, Champions League games on the Super Six this week. Uh, if you are a member, uh, make sure you get your scores in. I've, I keep forgetting. I'm shocking at it. Um, if you've not uh, joined you're never yet, catching me anyway. <laughs> if you've not joined yet, league codes there. Um, you can just download the Super Six app, type in the league code, you'll get you'll automatically get into the league. I think there's some like 24 or 25 is now. Uh, so it's good laughing. There might be a prize. At the, I think we're looking to get a prize at the end of it for the, the overall winner, unless it's Francis. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, you can't even win it if it's at the podcast held thing. They can't claim it's a fixed spot. No, you don't know what you're, you're talking about or you don't. Uh, but listen, no, guys, thank you. <laughs> everybody for joining thank you for tuning in again uh, to everybody that's viewing us uh if you're new here uh, as well please hit like on the video it helps us a lot hit subscribe um you'll get notifications of all future episodes we're, we're live every monday friday at the minute at eight o'clock and um, we've got other episodes you can check out guest specials special guests quiz stuff all sorts man it's a good laugh aye but anyway on to tomorrow uh Let's hope that we get the result we're all kind of hoping for. Hail, hail.